0: Welcome to Lemmy Works, brought to you by Leadership Education Mentoring
1: Institute. We are inspiring parents, mentors, and communities as they embark on the journey of transformational project-based education. Hi, this is Tatiana Fallon. Hi, this is Heidi Christensen. We're so excited to be your hosts. Welcome
0: to today's episode. I'm so excited. We get to talk to my dear friend, Serenity Hunt. Um, Serenity, I think I met you. I was like 14. I don't know. How old was I?
2: (laughs) How old were you? (laughs) We were, we were young. I, I think I was 13. So maybe you were 15.
0: Yeah. I don't know how, yeah, I was either 15 or 16. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Serenity joined our Commonwealth and um, we've been friends ever since. So I'm super excited to talk to him. So Randy, can you just give us a little, tell us a little about yourself and introduce yourself a little bit to our audience?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I come from a really, really uh, a big family, but we only started homeschooling. My mom pulled everybody out of school um, when, right before I was supposed to go to kindergarten and we, my mom had no idea how to homeschool. So she just kind of was flying by the seat of her pants and it was great, but we really were missing community. So um, we found the Commonwealth and it absolutely changed my entire perspective, my educational journey. It was fabulous. Um, I became a massage therapist when I got older and now my family lives in Hawaii and i'm working on getting licensed in a few different states for massage therapy and i love to travel and learn and um i'm just so grateful for the foundation i had as far as reading and discussing and understanding the world around me
3: so
0: yeah so i know that when we first when we first met you weren't as outgoing as you are now but (laughs) i want to (laughs) just probe you to kind of see, like, how did Shakespeare help you in, in finding your voice?
2: Oh, my gosh, that was so, so impactful. I was very, very shy. I tell people now, oh, I'm actually a very shy person. And they all laugh at me. No one believes me. <laughs> but those from when I was uh, quite a bit younger, remember that I, I was very uh Insecure, but just unsure, I guess is a better way to say it, of what I was supposed to do in my own body and interacting with people. And Shakespeare gave me this opportunity to try on different volumes and different characters, different um, personalities, really, because of all the games that we would play. Every kid, I came to realize everyone was being vulnerable, which was the most beautiful space for a young teenager to be able to step forward and say, I don't have it all figured out. I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm going to try something. I'm going to try being more outgoing or speaking my mind or um, whatever kind of thing that particular child needs. Shakespeare really creates an environment where everyone is vulnerable together, and it, it really helped me develop into a person of confidence and a person who could walk in a room and know what I could add and how to adjust, you know, they say read the room. Um, that really, really helped to kind of build my own structure among my friends.
0: I really like what you said there at the end, like read the room, because I do feel like being in Shakespeare and having so many years of Shakespeare make me like it's like you develop a superhuman power of being like, oh, I can read this room. And I don't know. I feel like that's something I can do. And so many other people I know who take Shakespeare can do. And I don't know if that's like just an acting thing or if that's an acting Shakespeare thing, but it is kind of like, oh, yeah, I can totally do that. I'm so glad you brought that up.
2: yeah, it's kind of incredible. It wasn't, I think it's more than just acting. I think in Shakespeare, when you study human nature, what you guys are doing is literally while you're going through this drama class, you're studying about humans and about character and how they interact with each other and why. And so it really has a deep impact on the drama aspect itself as well.
0: That's kind of fascinating because I, we studied Merchant of Venice this year with my Commonwealth. And as I was reading, it, I was like, wow, this is really a powerful story of of of, you know, race and <laughs> issues with race and like hatred and forgiveness and stigmatism and stereotypes. And it's like oh my, this isn't how, how are we not any different 600 years later? <laughs> We're
2: still dealing with this. Yeah, we I did a little for um, in Utah. There were only about 6 kids. And I told them they really want to do a play, but I told them we'd have to hold off cuz I'm in Hawaii. But I did a quick little class. There's no real commonwealth that they wanted me to to participate in, but we studied Julius Caesar. And it was so incredible watching the kids relate this play from how long ago, right? Um and these events from so long ago to today's institutions, to today's interactions. And I kind of had the same thought, like how is it that we are still in the same position, our governments are still handling things in the same way? We're we're like mirroring these examples.
0: That's awesome, yeah. So after you did Shakespeare, you went on to teach Shakespeare. For how long did you do that for? Did
2: yeah, I did I don't know I it was some years um, and it kind of I came and went depending on what was going on in my life, um, but yeah I taught I taught for some years I did, uh, I had a few a few classes a few plays under my
0: belt. Yeah, a few as in many, <laughs> but. Um... <laughs> What uh I just, do you have any like really cool stories you can think about of how you saw transformation happen in a child or how mentoring has really helped you or a specific individual. I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but
2: Yeah, no, no. Um well I will say there was, there was this really beautiful experience with a student of mine. To this day it's one of my favorite favorite stories ever. He was uh, really jittery. He had a very difficult time sitting still. He had a a very difficult time in public school. So his mom brought him to, to our Commonwealth. And I was aware that he'd been struggling. He couldn't sit still. He um, was very, very nervous, felt out of place. So I just thought, oh, well, we'll let him be himself here. He would walk around. We would have lectures, right, during the lecture portion of of the classes, and he would walk around. Everyone's sitting in a circle, and I would just let him walk. He would walk and walk, but the more we just accepted, well, that's where he's at right now, the more he would stop and talk and discuss, and I remember one time during lunch, he used to make swords. That was his hobby, and I remember being in the hallway talking to a a child about their presentation, and I opened the door and I said, "Hey, um, let's not take swords out during class. Is, is that okay?" <laughs> and he said, "Oh, yeah, I'll put this away." I was just—they were wondering how I made them, and I was like, "Okay, let's do that at lunchtime." And I closed the door, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, only in this this kind of environment, in these commonwealths, in a Shakespeare class, would a child be able to be." that vulnerable and that honest and bring these, these knives or swords or, that he created with calm, confidence to be able to show his creativity, right? It was such a surreal experience. By the end of the year, he had completely found his core group of, of friends and he, he got up in front of the class and kind of bore an incredible testimony about growth and friendship, about his confidence in himself and the connections he'd made with those kids. And I had an entire year to watch him adapt, and it really came from him being allowed to be vulnerable, from him being allowed to be himself and not have to adjust to the adults, right? or adjust to a certain environment, he was allowed to come in and be himself and feel out the room and feel, okay, what can I add here then? And if this isn't productive, let me find a way that I can be productive and add for my classmates. And the more people gave him that room, the more he wanted to be productive and add good things and add a good spirit, which I think kids do. They want to be joyful. They want to be an asset. But so often they can't figure out how they're an asset because they're not given the room to explore that.
0: That's profound. I 100% agree with you. I was just thinking about my niece who um, in the South, we have a phrase called bless bless her heart.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Bless her
3: heart.
0: (laughs) That's her. <laughs> that's you know. That's what you say when you don't know what to say because you, there's no words to explain, right? But she is extremely brilliant, b- but very impulsive, and she had to sleep over here and decided to like almost blow up the microwave right before bed, and it was a <laughs> it it was a good idea in her head, right? But um. My husband will always ask me, like, "Why do you have so much patience for this chaos?" <laughs> and I think it really does come down to like uh, just adopting the idea that if I allow a child within boundaries, obviously she had to clean up all the mess she made, and it was it was she was it was safe. It just it wasn't necessarily fun for me to have to deal with it, but nothing really bad happened, and she cleaned it up. It wasn't too big of a deal. But I'm like, if you allow space for the child to to have to be themselves and not to like always lose it at them or freak out at them or like do those things but like obviously there's consequences yeah oh that's awesome you brought your knives but you can't you can't take them out you know like there's within limits you know yeah. let the child be boundaries, to it. Yeah, boundaries. yeah boundaries yeah they really thrive and they and they respond well to you and they listen to you and and they and they will mind you you know like i think there's there's truth is you know instead of treating them like they aren't a human (laughs) but like they're just a small human but they're still like you know should have the same mutual respect and an opportunity then it's pretty amazing to watch the growth that does happen when we stop and do that you know i love
3: that story
1: yeah no i think that that is a serenity that is awesome i so often we don't take the time to see the individual Um, and that's one of the things I love about leadership education is that focus on that individuality and you know seeing that genius within each child taking the time to see the child or the young adults or you know whatever age they are but um, yeah oh that's awesome
0: I like how you bring up the individual aspect of things too because Um, That's one thing that people bring up all the time is like, oh, well, I don't really know if this type of education works for me and I'm like, well, perhaps maybe that your child wouldn't thrive in in that type of situation, you know, but, but the the, the opportunity for it to be individualized and to focus on it being individualized, I think is so essential. So did you take any other classes serenity.
2: Yeah, so I did the quest, I did the constitution class, um, and the Sword of Freedom, and yeah, they really, really created, they are still to this day, the lessons I learned from those courses as a teenager built my stability and understanding as an adult of what education is, and how we need to interact with the world and how the future generation is really going to be able to make an impact.
0: So which one of those was your favorite? If it wasn't Shakespeare, what do you think would have the most impact? If it wasn't, OK,
3: if it wasn't Shakespeare, um, I. Oh, that is tough. That's tough. Um, I think it would. It would be hmm, sort of freedom was really, really emotionally incredible. I
2: loved the power that I gained from that class. Um, but I guess I, I, Quest brought so many different characters into my mind that I'd never met before. Right? The documents we were reading, the classics that we were reading, the discussions we were having, the simulations we did. Um, But that wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't had those other basic structures underneath me, right? If I hadn't done the Constitution, the Sword of Freedom, the Shakespeare, Quest wouldn't have had the same impact that it did.
0: I like how you bring it up as it's kind of they do build on each other. The knowledge bases build on each other. We were having a discussion about like, oh, you know, sort of freedom should be a year long program or we should have this be this long or, you know, and I was I was having this this call in my head. I'm like, well, what if it's not about what you know necessarily as far as the content goes, but more of like it's essential to build a knowledge base that then you can really have enough of foundation to go in depth when you get to quest you know because you have the skills and the desire and and so i I like how you add this like it gave me that foundation so that i could make all the connections and put everything together and and make find truth you know because i think that's exactly yeah
2: yeah i think it was so it was so important to get the skills and the habits, and the understanding of how we go, how we find depth, right, and too much, I think, today, people are worried about how much they can cram inside their child's brain, well, they have to know all these things, there is no way, when you look at the amount of knowledge that's in the world, there is no way we're going to give all of that to our kids by the time they're 18, they're just isn't but if we can give them the skills and the understanding of how to find truth, that is where the growth really comes from because then it's not just while they're in the courses, it's not just now they're in quest, they can delve deep, but it will go beyond that in their life as well.
0: Oh, yeah, and I think it's also it just frustrates me because if we think that you know you need to have all this knowledge by the time you're 18 then then at the same time go to college and get hyper focused in a skill set that's going to make you money or do these things but but we don't really see it like what if yes there's core knowledge that you need to to attain but what if it's not necessarily content of like this specific thing in history or this specific math principle what if the core knowledge you need to know is how to learn you had to ask questions how to study like how to right well
2: I had an incredible experience with one of my mentors while I was doing quest we got to the point in the in the course where we were going to start writing research papers and our teacher our mentor didn't didn't say anything she just said okay this week's assignment write your research paper and come back so we all get back to class, we've all written papers and she said, "Okay. So if you are supposed to write a research paper, what's the first thing you should have done last week?" And everyone's throwing out answers like study our subject, find my pencil. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> we're just supposed to write a paper. And it dawned on us all of a sudden, we were like, "Wait. We didn't ask how to write a research paper." None of us Went and tried to figure out that answer. How do we write? If we're asked to do something, how do I do that? Instead, we took the knowledge we had at the time and threw it on paper and hoped it would be good enough. And most of the papers were more like opinion papers rather than research papers. That was an invaluable lesson. Her letting us fail, not explaining to us what we were supposed to do, and then bringing us back into class and saying, okay, so you stepped out on this journey to accomplish this thing, but you on your own didn't actually ask how to do that. You didn't go find the answers. You didn't call and ask me. You didn't open a book. You just went forward with what you had, and that's not enough. It was invaluable to realize, oh, I need to be able, the rest of my life, I need to be able to ask questions no matter what I come up against.
1: That that reminds me of when I went through training for Quest three. And during the training, Kathy mallor was saying, Okay, do you have any questions? And you know, be sure and go all the way through your binder. And yeah, you know, that's when you have one night where you have to write an entire law brief. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, yep. I've I've done this before, I know how to do this, no problem. couldn't figure out how to write the the law brief and i hadn't looked all the way through the thing it was all right there but i hadn't asked the question i hadn't even opened the book yet until like 2 a.m and then it's like oh (laughs) oh, that's right yeah sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get things through heads so but yeah
0: (laughs) i really like that they share that experience because like two things came into my mind was one your mentor had enough confidence in in the process of of relationship with you that she knew that if she were to give you an assignment you would come back and do it and but then two your mentor also was okay with your doing it incorrectly so that you could learn something that was more important right and i think sometimes mm-hmm. we don't allow that growth in our kids because we don't we're so afraid of them not being able to to succeed or not succeeding the way we think they can that we we preemptively keep them from learning vital life lessons because we're going to tell them right instead of show them
2: (laughs) well and I think yeah I think it's when our objective is out of sync with reality right when our objective is that our kids get everything right all the time when our objective is our kids fulfill this the way I want them to Then it's about our pride and our satisfaction, rather than our children's actual growth.
0: We're interrupting this broadcast to invite you to ask questions or share your epiphanies in the comment section.
1: And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a good review on the platform you are using, because that really helps others find our content. Also, check out our website
0: at com. You're calling me to repentance here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in the middle of, of directing the Shakespeare play, right? And man, the last time I directed the Shakespeare play, it was phenomenal. Did you see it? Did you, did you see that year at the showdown? When, when I did, when our, my, my troupe performed?
3: I don't know if you were there.
0: Me. Like, yeah, you For, when we did, when oh, I performed yeah. with my troupe in like you When know. you guys did... you when you did aiming? Yeah. So much to do. I aiming, mean, yeah.
2: Oh, that was amazing. <laughs>
0: yeah. It was like the best play ever, right? I mean, it was wow. so good. And and so I have a very high expectation of what I'm capable of doing, right? <laughs> And so I'm on this constant battle right now. I had older kids, I had a different situation. It was a totally different scenario last time. And now I'm in like a new Commonwealth, but in my head, I'm walking this line of like my pride being like, no, I have to have the best play possible. (laughs) (laughs) And and then, you know, but forgetting like, no, wait, it's about the child's growth. It isn't about your pride. You don't, I literally just have to like take a deep breath and just be okay, what's the furthest I can acceptably push this child and get away with it and and do no harm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Take my Shakespearean Hippocratic Oath. (laughs) My my Shakespearean Hippocratic Oath. I love it, I'm gonna say that. That's, yeah, that's that's (laughs) funny. How far can I push this kid off the cliff before they die? <laughs> <laughs> pull them back up. Yep, pull them back up. So I'm glad you, you that you brought that up, though, because I I think I needed that call to repentance to remember it's it's not about me. It's not about oh look at what I can do. Um, it's it's really just about hey what. What's the growth this child needs? Where do they need to grow? How do they need to learn? What can we accomplish with this amazing project that we're trying to do and and keep that in focus and keep that in mind and um, it'll be it'll be great, you know, it won't maybe be like Broadway great, but it'll still be great, <laughs> yeah, so um you at the very beginning, you said that you get you needed community. And that was kind of lacking. So you found the Commonwealth and things changed. Do you have any memories or stories of how the community really helped you and your family or anything that comes to mind?
3: Oh,
2: so many, so many things. Um,
0: it, it it
2: was such a pivotal experience for me. I'd grown up with a lot of uh, doubt or shame, I
3: guess, about my own experiences and being homeschooled and
2: how I fit in the world. And all of a sudden I was with this group of families that loved what they were doing. They were doing it on purpose and they wanted to see the light that I had to offer as well. Right. It wasn't, there were no pretenses everybody wanted to see each other's light and
3: build something together um so yeah it, just to have a group of people that built with me
2: instead of trying to find friends that agreed with everything i said or The big thing today, right? Accept me as I am. Um, I found this group that wanted to actually build something with me and created an environment where we could walk in and speak our mind and we could be wrong, which is so important and missing often, I think, in our world and was in my life where I had a safe place to to speak out and even uh and that kind of the discussion aspect of the courses right i could come in and say this is what i think and someone opposite me i knew was my best friend could say yeah i think you're i think you're flawed there and this is how and look what we read the other day and what if we did this in our community instead and it looked this way Suddenly. I understood how to build myself and in turn help build the community. So,
0: so I <laughs> I have a Marco Polo group that I have with, with some of my friends from from college and this is what I do to them all the time. I constantly be like, I have this idea but I don't know if it's a good idea. <laughs> and I think <laughs> that I've just been I I crave that. Like my brother will call me all the time too and be like, I have this cool idea and then we'll just talk about the idea and I'm like oh you've thought about this or you've thought about that or what about this and you know and I think you're right like when you have a group of peers that you can come to and just give your opinion and then get honest good feedback it's not like you're like critical like you're stupid or you know why did you why would you think that for you know but honest like well, that's an interesting idea. Let's take that idea and let's apply some some thinking, logical thinking to it, or let's try some, you know, find some proofs and and it really does like help you build who you are and how you to think because you are challenged, but in a safe way, you know, so you don't have to be offended because they're not attacking you. I think that's really yeah, beautiful. they want to take what you have
3: and build up on it.
0: So if you Um, if you were talking to someone who was thinking about homeschooling and they were like, I don't know about leadership education or (laughs) TTS, what would you tell them?
3: Well, I would, I would, I would
2: tell them to do it, to take the leap, to jump. The scariest thing is before we make a decision, right? It's like, I've, I've recently Uh, In the last couple of years, really gotten into Wim Hof, which is ice baths and cold showers and ice therapy, right? He's an incredible man and there's a lot to it. But it's not the actual ice bath or the cold that's hard, it's the anticipation before we do it that's difficult. So I would encourage people who are thinking about homeschooling thinking about leadership um, education to just jump and see what happens because you're going to stand on the precipice and if you never make a decision you will never ever know so to just take a chance because the opportunity is here for a short time for our kids and then they're grown up and and they're on to new adventures and these courses this opportunity of teaching leadership right building our education on great men and women i felt as a as a teen that i was being included with those greats when we're talking about them we're not talking about fame or wealth or position we were talking about characteristics of people and character my character is something i have control over And I can gain understanding and be honest about where I'm at and who I am, and build myself to be like these people that we're studying to adapt characteristics that are going to be beneficial for me, my family, and my community. That is what builds a productive adult. It's not necessarily how many math facts you know, although those are great things to have, right? Like you talked about earlier, it's not the content necessarily. It's, do we understand how to learn? Do we understand who we are and why it's important to learn? If kids never understand why it's important, they're never going to really put their effort and their heart into gaining the knowledge and understanding that they will be so benefited by in life.
3: It's beautiful.
0: I know, I, I feel like I recently had an interaction with a, a young man serving a mission in our church, and we were having dinner and I was just asking him what their plans were when they're done. And um was like, oh, I'll probably do this. I'll probably go into finance. And I was like, oh, have you read this book? What about this book? Have you heard of this guy? Of course, because, you know, I like perpetually read everything in every subject. I don't know why, because I'm weird. <laughs> but <laughs> he's like, no. Why would i read that i don't have if i don't have to read it i'm not gonna read it <laughs> I'm like i'm like oh i oh my jaw like hit the ground and i was just like what how 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 are you out of the public school system and have zero intention of ever reading a book again like this is this is despicable this is horrific you're you're gonna be yeah. potentially stuck like and i i i didn't say anything offensive because i have self-control sometimes and I'm just like oh that's interesting (laughs) perspective hopefully that will change in the future for you and and I almost was just like I got like I had to. I was so I just so upset because I mean how you're missing out on so much joy like if if you never pick up a book and you never get to experience like Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment and you never feel that intense feeling of you murdered someone. I, <laughs> I know that's not necessarily, <laughs> well, yeah. And that's really that's really
2: the the great blessing, right? Is learning that learning is joy, growth is exciting, and we've turned it into a requirement. So people look at it and go, "The only reason I read or engage is because I have to." Because my real goal is to attain this job and that's it. That's what I'm working for. Instead of, well, the goal I have is to grow today, to become better today, to create ideas and and connect with people. That's not what the public school system is doing. What they're doing is saying, your responsibility is to check abc and once you've done that you're done and there's no point anymore
0: yeah and there's no ownership you know there's just there's not a lot of ownership which is which is sad because it's it's a hard life to live that way but i've really loved having you on and talking about this it's been so long since we've talked <laughs> and i mean you're it's kind of your fault you decided to move all the way around the world. But <laughs> so did this is I.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do?
0: Yeah. So, um, my last question for you then is how do you feel like it's helped you to be an adult?
3: Mm. That's a really good question. Um, my conviction is steady. I understand what God put me on this earth to do and why. That's not something I would have gained without leadership education. We were encouraged
2: constantly to seek out our mission. As 14-year-old children, we were told by these mentors, you have a purpose. You have a mission that is specific to you, and I can't tell you what that is, so you need to go figure that out. You need to pray. You need to read. You need to discuss. You need to better your relationships with your family and your community. You have to put the effort into your life and go on a vision quest to figure out why you are here. That has directed every choice I have made in my life because I got glimpses of why God put me on this earth. What I could help my family and the world around me with. So as I've grown, obviously my understanding has grown. I continue to read and discuss and fill my life with like-minded people. So my understanding of my mission and how to help in this life has grown exponentially, but it was that base as a 14-year-old that created that fire in me that's still alive today. Hey, you have a mission. You have a purpose. You will change the world. And they weren't being sarcastic or silly or overindulgent. They absolutely believed in every single one of us. And now as an adult, I see what they saw. I understand how powerful the future generation is so i can look at young people with the same passion and say without a doubt you will change the world and i think it has led and guided my entire social structure my conviction of truth in myself i'm not blown about by other people's emotions or desires or wants I know what truth is and I know how to hold on to it, which creates joy and happiness and helps me make much better choices in my life because I'm clinging to truth rather than trying to adapt to whatever the fad is today because truth was always the
3: goal. That's what I was pushed to seek and find for myself. Yeah, that's gorgeous.
0: Beautiful. It's super inspiring. I think as I've talked with some other people in in the leadership education world, they came through, they're like, Oh man, it was so exhausting to have like a mission and, and feel like you're always having to have to change the world. But I think you I think you have a a better perspective on it of it's not necessarily this overwhelming weight that you have to accomplish, but a sense of being and a sense of purpose, which I mean, Jordan Peterson talks about all the time about you know the reason why so many young people are are appealed by the woke agenda is because it promises them purpose and a reason for existence or a reason for doing and some fi- a cause to mm-hmm. fight for, right? Which youth need they they need that fire. Like so, even if you're an adult and you've kind of been burnt out and you kind of like oh you know there's not a lot of purpose in life it's really really hard to just suffer like that's not what youth need youth need purpose they they need vision they need calling they need that because you know that's that's the beauty of youth and i like how you said you know you have a lot of faith in the next generation and and i find that in myself as well like as i've been teaching like my love for the kids is immense but i also am just like i have such great hope and and their ability to succeed in life and and to 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 accomplish great things and 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 you're right it's not we're not pla- i'm not placating them like it's real i i don't know how it's like a magical thing that happens when you just decide to mentor a child like you just start to believe in them in ways that i just i don't know how it happens but i definitely feel that same way towards a lot of the children i've had the opportunity to mentor and be in their lives and and, and you know, help them see themselves, and I really appreciate you coming on here. It's been super inspiring, and
3: um really I love it. I'm
2: so grateful to have caught up with you and just discuss these things it brings so much joy and warmth to my heart, remembering all of our adventures.
0: We did do some pretty silly stuff, <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes, and it was epic.
0: Didn't we wear like superhero capes down in the mall?
3: Yes. That? You.
2: <laughs> so, well, one of the times, I think it happened more than once. No,
3: but yeah, we did. <laughs> once,
2: for my 16th birthday, you told me that you were going to do a party, but no one was available. So, did I want to like go see a movie? And I got down to the gateway with you and everyone was there and you guys had made me a superhero cape and we danced in the fountain and ran around like crazy people playing like all sorts of different kinds of games and then we came back to the house and had like a dance party it was epic
0: i don't remember that i'm glad though that we <laughs> we we had fun and we're <laughs> <split> together <laughs> yeah <clears throat> Well, thanks serenity you're awesome it's
1: been awesome to talk to you yeah, great thank talking to you too. thanks so much for being here and and sharing your story with us appreciate it mm, you're welcome thanks for listening to this episode just as in every lemmy training we hope you walk away uplifted and inspired but also empowered to be a better mentor for your family and your community please be sure to subscribe and share. We also want to express our gratitude to all the Lemmy mentors, past and present. You got this, you can do hard things.